When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You are listening to the Football Fanatics UK podcast with your hosts, Ari Marquides and Tom Crawford, bringing you the English coverage of American football. Okay, guys, so I hope you've been keeping well this last week. I've been a good week, hopefully isolating, staying safe. Uh, so last week we had the pleasure of having Chris from the Commission podcast on others. This week you are just left with me and Tom. Uh, however, it is not all bad news. We do have a really good podcast for you this week, so... Stay tuned. Don't don't just cut us off there. Uh, we are going in to go in theory. It's a good podcast. <laughs> yeah, in theory, yeah. That's just see how it goes. Eh? Uh, we are going to cover our winners and losers coming out of the 2020 NFL draft. Um, before we go any further, though, we are going to thank everyone, obviously, for listening to our podcast. We do appreciate it. You know, we are only beginners, so everyone that is taking their time out listening to our podcast, we do appreciate it. And everyone that has gone over to our website signed up for us, you know, enjoyed the, the uh, features we've got there, and obviously appreciating the talented writers we have got working, working on that site as well. So thanks for that. Um, so before we do get to our winners and losers, though, we will cover a bit of the news. And for once, there is a bit of news to cover. Uh, we are trying to force news with uniforms like Tom loves. Um, hey, everyone loves uniforms. It's not just me. <laughs> everyone loves the uniforms. Let's see if I, I did like the Chargers one. Um so we've got some quarterback news today. Um, it's, it's been great, actually. Got some quite big news. So obviously, there is your boy, and I will keep calling him your boy, Seamus Winston. Uh, My boy. The Saints. Obviously, got Mr. Mediocre and Delton uh, getting released from the Bengals. And we've also got the Chiefs cornerback, uh, Bashar Breeland, um, finding himself in a bit of trouble with some uh, driving violations. Um, so. I'll let you start with your boy. If you want to uh, cover his contract and what you think on that. 
Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, sensible for both sides. Um, the only confusing thing is a little bit about Taysom Hill, which I'll get to in a minute. But from Jameis, it's good because he'll get to go in and see how Drew Brees operates. He can yeah. see um, Sean Payton. He can learn from him, see how he runs his offense. Um, and then for the Saints, it's good value because it's a, just a one-year deal. Base salary is only $1.1 million. He's got $3.4 million of incentives, but he'll only um, have any chance to get them if Brees got injured. But then this is where yeah. Taysom Hill comes in. So who is going to be the backup behind Breeze? Will it be Jameis or will it be Taysom Hill? Um, it was just the other day. I think it was on Sunday. The Saints signed Hill to a two-year $21 million extension, which is yeah. pretty good backup money. So is Taysom Hill going to be your backup and your gadget player? Or now that Winston's in, is he just going to be your gadget player like he has been? But then Winston's going to be yeah, I, I think, think it's gadget. gonna be good. Then that's good money for a gadget player. Like that's yeah, but like, I think that does show. Yeah, I think that does show though how much they do value. So although on the one side they've said to him, "You're not going to be our backup, Jameis is." However, we do value you an, an awful lot. So here is a very generous contract for somebody like yourself. So as I think yeah. you think you saw the stat didn't you come out of the day that you said it was a very Jameis stat that he's actually completed more passes yeah. to Saints players than Jason uh, yeah. Hill. Which, there, there you go again. Like The way I said it to our friends last year, if you put Taysom Hill as a quarterback, you immediately eliminate his effectiveness as a utility player because he then can't yeah. line up in the slot. He then can't line up in the backfield because teams will be thinking they're not going to risk their quarterback in those positions as, as often. Whereas now... If you have your starting yeah. quarterback on the field and have Taysom Hill, there's an extra body to try and cover in the defense. And I think that's how why he is so effective because he can do all those things without being um, trapped as that kind of player. He's he's basically a free roller. Yeah, it just it, it to me that seems a lot of money for someone that's going to come in and, and just have a handful of plays each game. Um, yeah, it's more it's more money than than some of the running backs um, in the league and and they're. They're, they're doing a lot more in yeah. terms of their production. Um, so I find that a little bit strange. But um, I think I'm quite happy for Jameis that he's finally got a job, he's finally got a home. I think he'll <laughs> be a starter again in, tw- in 2021. Think- Whether that's with the Saints, if Breeze retires or what, I'm not sure. But I think from what, what I remember from whenever we played the Saints in the Superdome, Jameis normally played pretty well. So maybe he's going to find... That the Superdome is basically his second home now, and maybe if he does get a chance to go on the field this year, he'll he'll do he'll he'll um, he'll do really well. He's he's got the ability. Like you don't throw for five five thousand yards and thirty or touchdowns you for go. no reason. You <laughs> just have to cut, cut cut out the mistakes. To be fair, it might be the fact that when there is no wind, he's playing half of his half of his games inside. It may be a contributing factor. It may it may end up with less interceptions. I do think that Sean Payton will have very little patience for those interceptions. So it may be like a good situation where it's almost bullied out of him, where they won't tolerate it. Yeah. And because he is on such a small contract, that is a, t- that is a tiny contract that, considering he was wanting yeah. $25 million a year, he, that's a re- big reality check for him. He might end up being a bit more grounded and realise that he has to work for this now rather than just expect it. Yeah. No, I'm... Um... I'm hoping something good comes for him from this. I just I, ideally he won't become the future starter for the Saints. Yeah. I can I can see it being the most books things ever. Um books thing ever where 
we 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 let him go. He goes to the Saints, ends up being like an all pro there. <laughs> Tom Brady is a disaster, and it all sets itself on fire in Tampa. All, and Jamie just comes theories. in and, and puts his revenge. We've all got wild theories, mate. So that's not going to happen. Um, wild theories, nightmares, same thing. <laughs> um, okay, so we go on to uh, Mr. Mediocre. Now, everyone loves Andy Dalton. He's been steady Eddie, hasn't he? The red rifle. Yeah. yeah. But it was about time that they, they moved on. They've obviously got Joe Burrow in the draft, which is a great improvement. Now, what is next for Andy Dalton? What do you think? So everyone's saying that he's going to go to the Patriots, yeah, which makes sense because they do need a quarterback. But when you look at their cap situation, they've only got one point seven million dollars free. Andy Dalton isn't going to go there for one point seven million. Like I know that we've just talked about Jameis going for somewhere for just one point one million. Yeah, but Andy Dalton's—I can't see him taking um, just the one point seven that the Patriots have got left in space. So then, when you look elsewhere in the league. There's three other places which I think make quite a bit of sense. There is the Jags, because they've just got Minshew as the rookie from last year, yep. who, whilst was good and very exciting, and I, I liked watching him play. The offensive coordinator there is Jay Gruden. And yep. Jay Gruden, I think, was the offensive coordinator in Cincinnati when um, they drafted Dalton, because yeah, I, I think so. I remember hearing the, the argument was Gruden was um, pushing for them to draft um Dalton as they did, and then the owner wanted them to take Kaepernick. Fair. Obviously, Jay Gruden got away, yeah. so he obviously likes Andy Dalton and has got a lot of trust in him. Yeah, definitely. So it makes sense for him to go to the Jags. And there's also the Redskins and the Broncos, um, also who had rookie um, quarterbacks last year. Um, Dwayne Haskins yeah. wasn't the most exciting, but he still got a lot of promise because his, his time in college was good. He had he did have a great season there. And then Drew Locke, um, he showed some promise, but that's only four games. Why not bring in Dalton as backup yeah. just in case? Because he'll have a chance to compete. Yeah, I, I think obviously there's Cam Newton as well, isn't there? There's Cam and, and Dalton now looking for jobs, and they are both going to have to take a considerable um, like reality check. I think where they've both been re- yeah. both been used to just being the steady starters, um, maybe Cam a bit more explosive, um, but now it's time to go and play backup. And I don't. Dalton will be more used to it than Cam is, but I'm not sure how Cam's going to fare going to play backup somewhere because essentially he's going to have not to. Not very well. Um, so, yeah. But I, I think, I don't know how much the Steelers have got cap space, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be too shocked if the Steelers took someone as a backup because yeah. Big Ben is, you know, he's an injury to happen as well in his state. So it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if they took someone like that who could definitely just manage the, manage the offense whilst their other playmakers just did the work for them. You saw when Dalton came back into the yeah. team last year, you know, when they had a few a few of the issues with the um, quarterbacks, brought Dalton back in, and immediately started hitting the receivers. He isn't he isn't a terrible quarterback. Yeah. He's just a bit middle of the road, isn't he? So for a team, yeah, that's, he's, he's just average. Yeah, for a team that's wanting a backup, he's perfect. Yeah. Two, I, I had two sleeper teams for Dalton. One was the Steelers that you mentioned, yeah. just because we don't know what Big Ben's going to come like from, um, come back from his surgery. Um, and then also potentially even the 49ers. Now they do have a little bit of cap space. Plus Shanahan, how much does he trust Jimmy Garoppolo? Does he really trust him that much? And yes, Andy Dalton isn't going to light the world, the world on fire, but he's probably going to do what you ask him to do. So yeah, if Kyle exactly. Shanahan was asking Dalton to just complete five-yard, ten-yard slants, He's probably going to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, pushing the ball down the field, I'm not sure how much he'll be able to do that. But 
potentially he could be a less frustrating option for yeah. Shanahan compared to Garoppolo. Okay, should we move on? Um, so obviously, uh, Bashard Breeding managed to get himself into a bit of trouble. Ended up uh, driving with a uh, lots of empty or full open um, alcohol containers. I feel like we should read them. Up. Go, go I think it. we should read I'll out charges in full. Okay, so his charges in full, just to show that he's a bit of an idiot. I mean, some of these are quite petty, especially yeah. in modern America. So he faces charges of resisting arrest, having alcohol in a motor vehicle with a broken seal, having an open container of beer or wine in a motor vehicle, possession of 28 grams or less of marijuana, or 10 grams of hash, and driving without a license. Now, a couple of those aren't so bad, like the marijuana and the hash, like, the, the world is changing. That's not that big a deal. Yeah. But the rest of it, like with the alcohol, the resisting arrest, and the driving without a license, that's just stupidity. Yeah, what are you doing, um, mate? You are a yes, superstar in exactly. the NFL. Yeah, teams like give their players all the help that they need in terms of, like they've all got um, directors of player personnel that can help them with this sort of stuff in terms of how they can behave and what, what they should and shouldn't be doing. So to me, this is just pure stupidity of someone thinking that the whole world is ahead of them. Yeah. And then you just get to a quick reality check. We saw it with um, Kareem Hunt not so long ago with the Browns when he was driving and he put it all down to the fact that he was still a bit set back from everything that happened with the Chiefs, etc. However, I'm not yeah, sure... a bit worse. Yeah, I'm not sure what, what this guy's got to say apart from that he's just come off the back of a, a Super Bowl. So, yeah. you need to relax, mate. You, to, you, you want to celebrate. Yeah, and... go for it. But, like, come on, like, what are you doing? I know, especially at the moment when everyone should just be in the house anyway. Yeah, exactly. What you're doing driving around with all that stuff. Exactly. But um, I think this is a potential worry for the Chiefs because we talked about um, in the draft needs um, episode that we had just um, prior to the draft yeah. that they are pretty thin at the cornerback position. Yeah. So they had a lot of guys who played bit roles and Breland was one of them in their, in their run to win the Super Bowl. But there's not, there's, there's no big name, there's no consistent um, contributor there, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, you're right. I think, imagine if you get to four-game ban now, with, how do they start the season like that? Um, yeah. Okay, we'll stick with the Chiefs a second, just a quick touch on, they have actually decided to um, exercise Patrick Mahomes' fifth-year option on his rookie contract. It just looks like they're just buying themselves a bit of time before they have to pay up that massive record-breaking contract. Quite a smart move, really, isn't Yeah, it? he's going to get paid. Yeah. He's going to get paid so much money, it's going to be ridiculous. This is why I think that they can't sign Chris Jones long-term, no. because they won't be able to put so much money into two players. And yet, Chris Jones is fantastic. He's one of the best players at his position in the league, one of the best D-tackles. But if you've got the choice between Mahomes and, um, yeah, the and Chris Jones, you're going to take Mahomes every time, the, aren't you? The offence will drag him, drag him to a Super Bowl, whereas the defence won't. You saw that last year, where it was the defence that was end up catching up with them towards the end of the year, but it's the offense that was the, yeah. the, the primary, uh, what you call it, the primary engine throughout the season. Yeah, yeah, the, the defense can just about do enough, but yeah, Mahomes and Reed just steal the show. Yeah, you're joking. Isn't you? Okay, um, shall we move on to um, our winners and losers? So we'll start with your winner. Um, have you got the Ravens up here? Yes. So this is the entire Ravens team. Um, I think what they did in the draft was pretty ridiculous. When you look at both of the top two teams in the AFC from last year, the Ravens and the Chiefs, they've both massively improved yeah. from this draft. Um, obviously, they took J.K. Dobbins. Um, they are um, obviously the top running team um, last year. And 
if you're going to run the ball that much, you might as well get as many legs in there as possible and get as good of legs in there as possible as yeah. well. So taking Dobbin, one of the better pure runners in the draft, is only just going to help everyone else. Yes, you've got Mark Ingram there, um, but if you put him, net, if you put um, J.K. Dobbins in there as well, and you've still got Gus Edwards, and obviously Lamar's going to run the ball all the time. It is insane what they're going to do next year. Yeah. Um, and then going on to the receiver position, they drafted um, Duvernay as well in the middle rounds. And I don't know if you saw if you saw from watching the draft, but John Harbaugh was literally pumped up on this. Like this had him up out of his seat. Yeah. You couldn't hear the audio, obviously, but he was out of his seat, clapping his arms, fist pumping. Um, and I think I think this guy Duvernay is just going to come straight into the slot and be a bit of a, bl- um, a safety blanket. He did say he needs. He said, no, they needed a wide receiver. The fact yeah. that they were able to take a yeah. running back and, with that standard and then get a wide receiver as well is just yeah. astonishing. Yes, they've massively improved on that side. And then I think we've still not even talked about their best draft pick, I don't think, yet either, which was in the, the end of the first round uh, with um, Patrick McQueen out of LSU. So he is a freak of an athlete in terms of his speed. Yeah, He's so true. fast. He can cover the whole field. He's going to come in and be the new CJ Mosley, if not be a little bit better than him. Yeah. Like to me, Queen can come in and win the defensive rookie of the year straight away. I, I think he's going to be yeah, amazing on that defense. He's going to make the whole thing better, I think. Yeah, I think he's going to be amazing. But I think we think they've improved the running game in theory even more. They've got another yeah. weapon for Lamar Jackson in the passing game. And they've got arguably the best linebacker in the draft as well. That's too. Massive or three massive additions to the team. To me, that just shows that they clearly don't yeah. want Lamar Jackson running the ball as much as he was last year. Although, he, yeah, he was amazing doing it. Yeah. If you run your quarterback that much for too many seasons, he's going to end up getting injured. So, obviously, they realised that and thought, you want to carry him the ball, we'll just bring somebody else in that can carry half his load and it's still just as good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right there. They do need to run it a little bit less with him, but at least he knows when to get out of bounds. He knows when to get down. Yeah, he's he he's seems to always avoid hits. Yeah, yeah. I, I just uh, yeah, Ravens big winner for this me. Could be me just being a bit pessimistic, but I just can't see Lamar Jackson being that successful on his feet for too long. Now I could be wrong, and probably angry wrong, but in the way I see it, is that if if you do two or three seasons of that, someone's going to have to catch on to what you're doing. And it only takes one big hit from a linebacker, and shoulders go out, hips go out. It's it's the way the yeah. way he snakes in and out of defense is like a slalom. All it takes is one hit while he's moving, and it'll fly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just whether you, it's just whether you can get to him or not. That's that the is the issue, isn't it? But one <laughs> yeah. that'll get to him if they play. I'm not sure if they play. I'm not sure on the schedule. Uh, but my winner is the whole Arizona Cardinals. Uh, organization so they decided to t- I thought they were an absolute banker to take an offensive lineman uh, in the first round yeah. I thought this was the most nailed on pick in the whole of my um, assumptions I said I said the nine on the uh, team needs offensive line that is what they have to go with yeah. protect their assets nope they just couldn't pass on Isaiah <laughs> uh, Simmons and you know what I, you can't you can't blame them too much because you said frequent athlete to yeah. Queen, but this guy is just a joke. Now, oh, yeah. I think he might win yeah. defensive rookie of the year because he is just a monster. Like, okay, sometimes he gets too excited about trying to hit the one player that he almost forgets what else he's doing on defense. 
but then it's almost like he can he can be that good because he's just too fast. It's oh, it, it almost gets excited, even though I, I do follow Seattle. The fact that he's going to be able to stop yeah. any anyone playing in the slot, anyone playing middle middle of the field, running games. He is just he can be even used in cornerback situations, defensive backs. He covers all sorts of ground. Now, the Cardinals picking him just shows that how confident they were they could then go and take a tackle in the third round because they had no pick in the second round. So they must have seen yeah. all the players in that draft and realised that we can still get a sound tackle in the third round and we're, and we're going all in on it. Because there was, yeah. there was top of the range tackles or guards there and that pick and they just decided that they couldn't pass on Simmons. Yeah, I think it, it makes sense like to not to not pass um, to not pass on Simmons. I think the only thing which worries me slightly about him is that he's going to be a pure matchup player, and is Vance Joseph, their defensive coordinator, the right person to be able to yeah, kind of like organize that and to, to to use him in the in the right way each game? Because you are going to have to change the way you use him based on the matchup. Yeah, maybe. But I'm not sure Vance Joseph, not sure Vance Joseph um, can do that. Yeah, maybe I don't know. He strikes me as that kind of player that. It just could be exciting to watch. Now, whether that is... Oh, yeah, here's that. Whether they're going to use him properly or not, I think he's going to... Like, I, don't know, I was talking to my friends the other day, I kind of play that. You can imagine him. You know when you hear the, the, the players on the, on the field, like someone hits someone in defence and they just start screaming. I can imagine him being that yeah. player, just all hype. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to seeing him play, to be fair, because this team has improved massively. Not just only in the draft, but they obviously had... Uh, DeAndre Hopkins come in. They've got rid of Johnson, who was a bit, bit lagging on a bit. He's like lagging there. Put all their faith in Kenyon yep. Drake, which is only positive for him. This is, I think this is an exciting franchise to watch. I, no, definitely. I, and I think a sneaky little winner coming out of Arizona is Cliff Kingsbury's house. Don't know if people saw it on the draft coverage, but it looks like he should be a narcos or something like that. It looks like he's running a drug cartel. <laughs> I didn't see it, no. Saw, Everyone Google it if you've not seen the pictures. It's fantastic. <laughs> I saw Bruce Arians sitting outside his setup. That was pretty good. Um, chill, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. Um, that was pretty much all I had on the on the uh, Cardinals. So who have you got next? I've got Sam Darnold as another winner. Yeah. So I suppose you can take this to the to the whole of the Jets, really, and the Jets fans. Um, so in the draft. Um, they took Beckton obviously up at the top. Great pick. We've already touched on how he is just not not just a freak of an athlete, but a freak of a man with his with his size. So he's six foot seven, three hundred and sixty four pounds, <laughs> and his forty time was definitely quicker than what I could do because it was five point one. Like you, I couldn't run a five point one forty. It's just ridiculous the way that he can move at his his size. I think he he's 40, probably a bit more of a development. He ran a forty point one huh? seconds faster, uh, slower than Jake Fromm. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Fromm is not an athlete, though, is he? No. Um, I think he's potentially still a bit of a development player because a lot of what he did in Louisville um, is kind of like bootleg and getting him out in space anyway, which is what he does really well. Yeah. So in terms of like pure pass protection, he's still probably got a lot to learn and develop there. But he's got all the physical tools there to help. It's going to be good for Le'Veon Bell as well, just because he's going—he's a mauler in the run game, so he's going to—he's going to make some holes for Le'Veon yeah. Bell. Um, and then also helping Darnold, we knew that they needed um, a receiver in the first round. It, we 
we did think, would it be receiver or would it be tackle to go tackle? So then they come back in the second round and they get um, Mims out of Baylor. Now, to me, he's a little bit boom or bust. Um, again, he's another great athlete, um, very quick, very explosive. Um, gets up and um, high points the ball, but he is a little bit inconsistent. Um, so the kind of last big receiver that came out of Baylor was another inconsistent one, Corey Coleman, and that didn't end very well, did yeah. it? So obviously we'll be hoping that Mims is an improvement on that. Um, but he is another uh, weapon for Darnold, and he was lacking them, obviously. Um, in terms of who they had already, they've got Jameson Crowder, who's a good slot receiver. Um, and then their tight end, although he's injured quite often, the guy Herndon, he's another exciting player. He's still pretty young. Yeah. Um, they've still got like, Quincy Anunwa there, who's been there since he was drafted. Um, they also brought in Brashad Perriman. And although he was a bit of a bust of a first-round pick for the Ravens, when he had to step in for the Bucks in the second half of last season, he did all right. And we'll think some of that might have been the scheme um, that they had down there in Tampa. Um, but he's still going to have some promises as um, a deep threat. Yeah, I think. Um, and then also... Got well, I was just going to say, although this is on the defensive side for the Jets, if they've got an improving defence, that's going to help Darnold anyway. Just naturally. Um, he'll probably um, not be having to chase, um, chase after the lead all the time. Yeah. So they've already got Jamal Adams and there's been a lot of trade rumours there, but they've not got rid of him yet and hopefully they won't. Um, but the guy they drafted out of Cal, another safety, um, Ashton Davis. Um, I really, really like the look of him. Um, he's another guy who doesn't really miss any tackles. He's a big hitter. He's really good in coverage. He's got um, a track background. Right, so yeah, the improving offence, the improving defence, like we said, the one problem the Jets still have and Don still has is that Adam Gase is still the head coach which I don't think is good for anyone involved. No, it's not. So, obviously, yeah, I mean, I think it's the run game. I think the run game is going to benefit so much. Um, Le'Veon Bell, obviously, was awful last year, considering, like, we are all the excitement from the Steelers. He's come to the uh, Jets, and that O-line in Pittsburgh must have been sitting there just smiling the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now he's got this absolute giant in front of him, and all he has to do is just follow him. There's no weight anymore. Just yeah, the weight behind the line. from behind, him. From behind yeah. him. So, uh, yeah, I, I do agree with you. Um, so, we'll move on to my next winner. I've got um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming out of the LSU, going to the Chiefs. Now, this is this has to be the luckiest running back in the whole world. He's come from a yeah. college team with a quarterback break and all sorts of records. Best Best college team going to the best NFL team with a quarterback breaking all sort of record, uh, records. like Some good continuity must, there. Yeah, he must look at his family at home and thought, what is it that just happened? Like, <laughs> I, but there, was other, there was other backs on the board that were also great. You wouldn't have, have criticised the Chiefs for taking any one of the top three running backs. Um, obviously, they picked him, which is a not bad pick at all. Um, this, is, this is perfect for him. He has no... It's not like where... Um, the other ones are going into De- Detroit and um, Indianapolis, where the running backs there are injury prone. They need someone to pick up the slack. Here, yeah, this offense is already firing. They don't need anybody else to go, to go in and start like carrying the team on the back. It is literally an already fully functioning offense that he can just slot into, take his time to learn, no pressure at all, and then if any start any start performing, fantastic, and. 
and he has massive chance to win the Super Bowls. This could be yeah. the best turnout for because some players when they perform that well in, in college, as you see with Joe Burrow, they it ends up being a negative factor for them in the NFL because they perform so well, they end up going to a team that needs a lot of help and they end up being a lot of the pressure falls on their shoulders to try and pick them out the hole. Whereas he has literally just went, I've smashed it in college. <laughs> I'm going to go to the NFL. And guess what? I'm going to the Super Bowl champions. That, I yeah. mean, come on. I don't, think you've ever, I don't think there's another player in this whole draft that was like as fortunate as him. No, it's a, it's a very nice position for him. And I think he does fit really well with their scheme. Like he's great out the backfield. I think Andy Reid, since the draft happened, spoken a bit about him and compared him to Brian Westbrook from when he was in um, in Philadelphia, yeah. when he was the Eagles head coach. Um, and in eight seasons there, um, and Westbrook averaged 228 touches and 1,000, just under 1,300 yards. So that's kind of like good production. Yeah, right. But I can yeah. see a layer getting even better than that. He's probably going to get more touches. Definitely going to get more yards. So I think he's in a yeah. really good position. He was all right out, out, out of the uh, backfield too, like in the, in the passing game. Wasn't bad at all in that. And obviously we've seen Andy Reid likes to play all sorts of games with his offense. It's not just a straightforward running back has yeah. two downs, then give it to Patrick Mahomes. It's all sorts of madness they play. And this is what I mean when I told you on, on the last podcast. It will take a, a lot to, to get used to how, never mind the offensive scheme, but how Mahomes works. Because he's not just your standard game managing quarterback. He is I don't think he knows what he's doing half the time. I think it's a surprise for him. <laughs> so so they don't mind the players. So this is yeah. perfect for him because Damien Williams already knows the offense. He's not bad at all. He can carry the carry the the, the bulk of the workload for them while uh Evans Alert learns. Slots in in two years' time, top five on the back in the league. I mean it's, it's yeah. just it's all went perfectly for them. And they've got them now on a rookie contract for four years. They'll got Mahomes for one more year now on this contract. They'll sign up an extension in a, in, a, in a year's time. This is a team that isn't going away anytime soon. No, I think they've got a chance to win the next like three Super Bowls probably. And yeah. obviously even more. Basically, for as long as they've got Mahomes, they'll have a chance. It's going yeah, to be definitely. pretty ridiculous what they're going to be able to do. Yeah. No. Um, you got any more? Sorry, go on. I'm I was going to say that. Leads, there, get excited. <laughs> I was say, that leads me nicely into my first loser, because um, my loser is the rest of the AFC West. Yep. So they okay. all had pretty good drafts. The Broncos loaded up on offense around Drew Lock. The Chargers got a quarterback they can look to for the future, and then they got a great linebacker at the end of the first round as well. Yeah. And then the Raiders had a million picks, and they're just probably not quite as good as the rest of the teams, but. There's still a lot of promise there in, in um, Las Vegas. Um, but, but what the Chiefs did, even though they didn't have that many picks, just purely through the selection of Edward Dallaire, I think is just ridiculous. Like the best team in the league has got even better. Like yeah. they were, at, I can't remember how many points they were averaging, but they're going to average even more points this year. Every single game in that division is going to be a shootout. Yeah. Um, everyone's just loaded up on offense. That's pretty much all the drafts are. Everyone loading up on offense. Um, as you say, like those teams have obviously looked at um, the Chiefs, haven't they? They thought, right, let's try and match them on offense. Let's try and load up. And the Chiefs at the end of the end of the round, friends, yeah, we're taking the running back, who's yeah. unbelievable running back. So, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> lucky. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like they've given up 
on as in the, the rest of the teams in the AFC West, they've given up on trying to stop Mahomes basically yeah. just accepted that that can't happen and they've just tried to make their offenses to have the ability to keep up. And I'm not sure they've quite been able to do that yet. Like the next closest one's probably gonna be the Broncos, but even then they've got Drew Locke. Like there's a lot of weapons around Drew Locke, but Drew Locke is Drew yeah. Locke, like he's still pretty much unknown. Um so I think it's just gonna be in those division games, whoever makes the fewest mistakes is gonna is gonna win. And yeah. the Chiefs don't typically make mistakes, whether it's on the offense or the defensive side. So I just kind of feel sorry for everyone else there who's already stuck with Mahomes as they're going to be their opposing quarterback for at least 10, 15 years. <laughs> how, how do you get out? Finding a way to get better and better. Like, it's not well, fair. As you said, as you said earlier with um, Chris Jones, maybe they're realising that they can't keep that defence even above that average level for long if they're going to keep the, the offensive stars. So maybe they're yeah. realising if we, if we load up on offence too, there'll be a time when their defence can't keep up so we can try and match them. But you are never going to match that, that kind of firepower. Um, no, not at all. Andy Reid's too good a coordinator. Like his time management is still a little bit dodgy, but you can't beat a system. The system is so good. Yeah, he's very intelligent. And I know on our last podcast we were saying that, well, I was anyway. That uh, Derek Carr is just, oh, it just stinks of mediocrity. Um, yeah. But the Chris on the Commission podcast sent me a little video today, and it's of uh, Derek Carr making a behind the back pass. And uh, he's trying to say that that, that makes him accurate. Oh, <laughs> no. I think I've, I've seen that. No. Yeah. No, I he's, don't think. Uh, Derek... Like to me, if Derek Carr stays a starter, he's going to be what Andy Dalton was like six years ago. So Andy Dalton was the average quarterback in the league and still is. Yeah. If he's yeah. going to be a backup, it's going to be a new starter. He's going to become the average. That guy is Derek Carr. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Um. Okay. So, I'll go on to my first loser, and I think it's Jake Fromm. Now, I think this guy gets a hard time. Now, not saying he's great. He is what you would call the ultimate game manager, I think. Now, yeah. he's, not, he's not what your modern-day superstar NFL quarterback is, where they come in, they can both run and pass. They've got all these uh, fancy passes in the, in the locker. He is just a time management star. He basically runs an offense how most head coaches have probably been taught throughout the whole years. Like he's like your your um, what do you call it? Textbook quarterback. Now, I think that would have been perfect for Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick would have been, had, had a quarterback there who he can push his system through. He would have learned it all and he would have been fantastic at managing games, allowing other people around him to, sh- to shine whilst he just did the dirty bits. Now, I, I don't know why if that's why the Bills took it because I can't see Jake from pushing out J- Josh Allen. Now, one of the different oh, quarterbacks. No, not at all. So, jo- Josh Allen's a fan favourite and what he lacks in accuracy, he makes up on like with his feet. And that's what yeah. modern-day quarterback does. They they scramble, they, they improvise, and that's what he does. He improvises and he does it well. He mm-hmm. may not be the top one of the top elite quarterbacks in the league, but he's exciting to watch. I think that means that Jake Fromm is in a losing position now for at least the next four or five years unless he gets traded because unless Josh Allen gets injured, he's got no chance of getting the squeak in there, I don't think. No, but I think when you look at Jake Fromm play, to me, he's just going to be like the ideal backup in the NFL. Like I couldn't really ever see him being a starter. Like When you watch him throw the ball, 
yes, he normally puts it in the right place, but it's just okay. slow getting there. It's like he doesn't have a great arm. I mean, from what everyone's everyone's saying, he's like great in the locker room. He's a really good leader. Yeah. Like he put out good players at Georgia during that time. Like other other guys ended up transferring out to different colleges, and they've yeah. ended up being draft picks as well. So he's beat out competition, but I think that's mostly through his leadership as an intangibles, and that will get you that will that that will get you so far in college. But in the NFL, it wouldn't really get you as a starter if you don't have not, any sort of like yeah, not starter for it so I think he, he, to me he's in a fairly good place because he is just going to be a backup but at the same time mm. it's strange because he is so different to That's Josh Allen no chance, you'd, have to, you'd have to change um, you'd basically have to change the system if Josh Allen got injured and you brought in Jake Fromm you'd have to change your system which is a bit strange yeah but. everything absolutely everything it would be a, it would be like a proper standard traditional system with the running back making two downs Jake from trying to find his reads. I don't. I can't see him ever adapting to a, like a modern day, like exciting NFL scheme. That's yeah. no, what I mean. He was obviously thinking, "I'm a third round draft pick here, going well." Ended up dropping to the fifth, which is which is well below what I thought he was. Ended up on a bill, the Bills, which means he's got no chance of starting the next four or five years unless of an injury. Now. <laughs> Imagine being picked. I mean, of course, you're buzzing because you're in the NFL. But I'm not sure if you've seen uh, that program on Netflix called QB1. Now, they followed Jake uh-huh. from through high school. And you could see how much of a hype player he was then. Like, in the, in the, in the dressing room, he was backing everybody, getting everybody along. And, he was, and the coaches loved him. Now, obviously, yeah. if you put that much um, faith in someone in high school, then it may not be an ego boost, but, like, he definitely has a, a feeling of confidence that you'll do well. And then that confidence has just been absolutely shattered because he's gone from the third round to the fifth and <laughs> got to a team that really have no intention of starting him. So, yeah, but I mean, I, I kind of wonder though, would he, have, would he have expected to come in straight away and like be able to start? Would he have expected to be able to go to a team and really compete as a starter? Like, I'm not... No, obviously, everyone's confident in themselves, but I think... He's yeah. probably also clever enough to realise what his opportunity would be. I think, yeah, I 100% agree on that. He was never going to come to a team and start straight away. There was never a chance of that. However, you've seen other quarterbacks go to teams where they're going to maybe push somebody out or even have a chance of making it in maybe two years. He hasn't got a chance in four or five years. Like, he is stuck. Unless someone comes in for him, he's got no chance. Like, that must feel like you are just one another another name because can you name me fifteen backup quarterbacks that you think were amazing? I mean, you'd be there for a while. It's hard. That, that's so, that's why they're backups, though, isn't it? Yeah, I, I agree, but that's what I mean. But from somebody who was having that much hype around them growing up, it must be a bit of like a yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for doing all that, mate. But guess, be guess a lot. what? Now you of all the high school teams in America, though, there's. And even other college guys who the college quarterbacks who will be like the talk of the, the campus. Like yeah. most of them even get to the NFL. So I think Jake Fromm seems sensible enough to probably have tempered his expectations. And yes, it would be disappointing to me. It's probably more disappointing for him that he fell from the third to the fifth rather than he's gone to somewhere like the Bills where he's not going to get a chance to start as much. Because to me, he's going to yeah. fit it well in the locker room. Sean McDermott's going to love the type of guy that Jake Fromm is. 
So I think there's yeah. a match in terms of personalities there. And Jake from it from's not gonna be the kind of guy who's gonna kick up a fuss because he's not getting a chance. He's probably gonna be the perfect yeah, backup quarterback. And there's still really good value in that. Like to me, having a good backup quarterback is really important. We saw that with the yeah, Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. Nick Foles isn't a starting quarterback, but he's a good backup. Yeah, I've seen in the past when people challenge when people challenge yeah. that spot, it almost it disrupts the locker room, doesn't it? So yeah, I think that's why Tyrod Taylor's in the in the league still because he is a good backup quarterback. Like this still, and Josh McCown last year when yeah, he yeah. when he was in and he pulled his hamstring as like a forty four year old um, <laughs> in the playoffs. Like yes, if they had a better if they if they had a better backup quarterback, they probably would have beaten the Seahawks in that game. I think because it yeah, was fairly close in the end. So if they had someone other than McCown, they probably could have won and gone on to the next round. Um, so to me, from he's, he's going to be a 15-year backup. He's going to make plenty of money, and we'll still be very happy in the long run. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Okay, so with that one, should we move on to um, your next loser? Yes, my next loser is the Eagles fans. Um, so this started off when they had to watch the Cowboys take C.D. Lamb. So how C.D. Uh, Lamb fell to the 17th pick, we. I don't think we'll ever really quite understand. I, I can see why Judy and Ruggs were taken ahead of him because all three of them were kind of on the same level. Yeah. But the fact that it, he, he still fell to seven, um, 17 is pretty ridiculous. Obviously, what did the Eagles need more than anything? They needed a dynamic wide receiver. Um, and then when it comes to their pick in the first round and they take Rhaegar out of TCU, to me, all they've done well, is okay. replaced a quarterback who had um, drop issues with Nelson Aguilar with this guy Rager from TCU. Because when you look at um, kind of like his draft, um, his, his draft, whatever all the scouts are saying about him, I can't think of the word. Yeah. Um, yeah, course, yeah. It was that he is a dynamic and explosive playmaker, but that his hands are too inconsistent and he lacks in concentration, which then leads to those <laughs> so drops. So he's no snagler. Like I don't yeah. quite understand it. Like you had Justin Jefferson there. You had Brandon Ayuk, and that, like Ayuk is one of my favorite yeah. players. And Jefferson probably doesn't quite. I mean, to me, Jefferson fits their system perfectly still because he yeah, works definitely. mostly out of the slot, and he's basically going to be a safety blanket for um, Carson Wentz if they if, if they drafted him. Because then you would have Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard and Jefferson, who can all work out the slot, who can go out wide, and all three of them could have been safety blankets for him. Yeah. Like, they ended up trading for Goodwin as, like, a speed receiver on the outside. Um, So, why are they bringing him and then also drafted Rager in the first round? To me, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah, and like you said, it must confuse the Eagles fans. I think confusion must be the perfect word to sum up how Eagles yeah. fans feel right now. Um, Which takes me on to their second round pick, which was Jalen Hurts. Now, the more I've thought about it personally, I actually like it because we've just talked about the value of a good backup quarterback. So the more I've thought about it, I like it. But the Eagles fans aren't happy with it, so they're losers because of that. Because they're not they're not happy. They don't understand it, and we know what the Eagles fans are like. They riot. They have they have like they they have holding (laughs) cells within their stadium because they like to throw batteries at players and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. That is crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. I kind of want to go to a game to see if it's all true. Um, <laughs> but yeah. um, I, I expected the Eagles fans to understand Jalen Hurts going in round two. Maybe 
you could have been better off getting him in round three if he was still there. But I kind of thought Hertz would go in round two anyway. And when you've seen Wentz's injury history, to me it makes sense. But the Eagles fans are pretty upset with it. Um, which is quite strange because they love they because they, they love Nick Foles and Nick Foles won them the Super Bowl like we just said. So you think that they'd appreciate a good backup quarterback. It's a great, great pick for the Eagles because they've got, as you say, a backup quarterback there that can move in as soon as um, Wentz gets injured and he does get injured a lot. And yeah. he is he is that kind of quarterback that can adapt to modern day NFL uh, schemes. You know, he's, he, he oh yeah, he's great running. Yeah, yeah, I I, I love Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah, for him, I don't think that's a good good pick at all because I think he could have he could be one of the quarterbacks that could have pushed out somebody and ended up being a starter in a couple of years. Now, yeah, the only upside to that is that he may have more opportunity than most because of Wentz's injury history. So he might have a few opportunities to actually go out and show what he can do, and then end up being traded somewhere else. Yeah, so it I think also a good pick that way for the Eagles too because they might end up getting some quite far uh, draft value in return yeah. for the, the end of being good. Yeah, so I mean, it's a good pick for the long run for the organisation, whether it is because Hertz turns out to be even better than we expected, whether yeah. that means that he ends up taking over from Wentz or they end up trading into somewhere else. It's just a pick for the long term, whereas yeah. fans typically, I know that I do this, I'm very guilty of it. I normally pretty much look short term. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I think that's why hard, I've picked when your team doesn't win, comes to come back off a, off a off of a Super Bowl into pretty bad seasons. Now, when that when that happens to a team, they they've gone from that experiencing that massive um, elation, massive high, yeah. yeah, to them being like told, <laughs> get back down to back down to earth, guys. You, you, your team isn't that great, and it, it must be horrendous. And then when you see your, the head office. Not actually doing what every other fan see. I mean, me and you had it as Everton fans in England for years, and we've been saying like, "What? What are they doing? Like, do they need that <laughs> player, that player." And we've had our our team just buy all this these random players, and it, it is it is tough as fans to watch when yeah every every fan thinks they're a GM, don't they? Every every fan thinks they know what's best for the team. Why aren't they doing what's happening here? But yeah, I do agree with you that. For the Eagles organization, it makes sense. For Jalen Hurts, mm, maybe not ideal. For the fans who wanted an elite receiver and wanted more weapons, it's confusing, especially when they had, uh, as you say, yeah. uh, Ayuda and Jefferson there, who would yeah. definitely been better picks for them. Yeah, and even on the defensive side, they needed a safety because Malcolm Jenkins went and they needed a linebacker. They've not really got anyone there. They needed the speed of that position. They could have gone that way in round two. But yeah. they went with Hertz, which I still think Hertz will be good in the long run, but obviously not good for the fans. It's a bit confusing, isn't it? It's not what you need yeah. in a short term to win now. Um, yeah. Okay, so we'll move on to my final loser. Now, this is Aaron Rodgers. Now, he, yeah. he has to be a loser because this just seems like the biggest turn of events that I've ever seen. So, obviously, I've not been watching the NFL for more than the time that Aaron Rodgers has been in the league. So, all I've ever watched is Aaron Rodgers being the focal point of Green Bay, being able to basically take the team whatever direction he wants to. It's his team, and that that's it. You know, the head coach plays to him, you know, like, as as you would do when your quarterback is 
uh, being called a potential f- um, future Hall of Famer. However, Matt LaFleur comes in with absolutely no credibility at all and just goes, yeah. no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> it's my team <laughs> and I'm yeah. going to run the ball. So it, it, do- it does seem like the clash they've had last season, where there was obviously rumours that Rodgers was saying, no, sorry, LaFleur was saying, I'll have the first two downs and then if we don't make it to the first down, I'll let you take over. Which is yeah. like, what? How, what? Like, it's bizarre. You're the head coach. If you want all three downs, you take all three downs. You should take all three downs anyway, no matter what. Yeah. What is happening? And then, obviously, this this was the most obvious need that me and you went through and we, when we, when we did the uh, needs of the teams. They've yeah. only got Devontae Adams there. That's it. The, Jerome Allison, who was bang average anyway, is gone. Valdez Scantlin, who was, again, below average probably, is still there, but what's he going to do? Alan Lazard, come on. Like, what is happening here? <laughs> I mean, this, is, this has to be a joke. Now, they've, they've not taken a receiver at all in the yeah. whole draft. I know. They took a tight end, which was in, in the third, but Aaron Rodgers hates tight ends. He never goes there. Tight ends don't work well in Green Bay. I mean, you like it, Jared Cook when you had Jared Cook for a year, but that was it. One. So keep the him. One no. We'll get rid of him. Yeah. So it, it ju- and the fact that he had no idea what was happening. This is a premeditated pick. No, I don't care what anyone thinks. There was he was Jordan Love was always going to be there at that point. Yeah. No other team before that thinking they were taking him. The Packers are planned to then trade up and take him. Anyone that says, oh, they didn't tell Rodgers because it was a spare of the moment. No. You did not trade up to take a quarterback in the first round. Spare yeah. the moment. Only, no. Maybe only if he shouldn't have been there. And then it was a surprise he was there. But nobody was surprised he was there then. So they've clearly gone and done that. And this is one bit I do think the coach has a, like, a duty of respect to call Rodgers and tell him, listen, we're planning to do this, but don't worry. You know, this is just a backup plan, but in case obviously like you're getting to the later years of your contract. We need a backup player who can carry the offense. Yeah. But to, to go and trade up for somebody, not tell the quarterback, <laughs> and then take a running back. Oh, like a running round. back, like an old school running back as well, which doesn't fit yeah. the modern game at all. Like you can't catch the ball on the backfield. Like I don't, yeah, I don't understand what they've done at all. They've, they've already got two running backs, two running backs who could be starters in the NFL. They've got yeah. Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is great. Jamal Williams just eats into Aaron Jones. Like they, they could play Aaron Jones on his own and not need Jamal Williams, but they yeah. do anyway. And I think somebody else to that mix. Rogers must just feel like, what what am I what am I doing here? Like this is yeah. There's nobody seeing that. I, I am. They had they had so many needs on their team, whether it was wide receiver or whether it was all up through the middle of their defense that got absolutely ravaged by the 49ers. Like they yeah. had so many holes to fix and they've picked a quarterback who's probably going to be a three-year development plan. It makes yeah. absolutely no sense yet. I know that typically the front office will look long-term. We just, talk, we just talked about that with the Eagles, but this still makes no sense. Like They've not addressed any problems really that they had at all. They've just created more no. problems for themselves. So, all you're going to hear all off-season is, Aaron, what you feel about love? Aaron, what you feel about love? Aaron, what you feel yeah. about love? That's all you're going to hear. It's going to be such a distraction. He's going to be so pissed off. And they've just alienated him completely. Like, and when Adams gets injured, Adams gets injured, and it will all be run game. It will all be through the running backs. And yeah. Rogers will be just... I agree when the head office says, 
we are planning for the future. Like, let's say Jacksonville, they've said, yeah, Calais Campbell can go, you know, AJ Boyer can go, we are planning for the future. This is, and let's say the Panthers, when you've got a 37 year old quarterback who is on his last contract, a 36 year old quarterback, last contract with the quality that Rogers still has, who probably could get injured at any time and be done. You plan for right now, like you want to win yeah. right now. You do not plan yeah. for three years' time. Jordan Love is great, and he could turn out to be one of the one of the, one of the top quarterbacks in the league in five years. But I can't see him being good enough to then sacrifice Rogers' whole year because they basically said to him this year, "We are not. We do not care if you win this year. If you do, well done, mate. But if not, we didn't help you anyway. So, yeah." No, it is very confusing. Like everyone's compared love to Patrick Mahomes. He's not Patrick Mahomes. That's not going no, to happen. No. They're not going to go nicely from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to, to who's no. similar to Patrick Mahomes. That won't happen. Like it's ridiculous that they've only managed to win three Super Bowls anyway in all the time that they've had Favre and Rodgers. To me, that's pretty yeah. ridiculous. Crazy. That's, two, that's only two more than Tampa Bay, which like is insane when you consider what the books have been like in that time yeah, they had like a really short period in which they were good but that's it like they've had Rodgers and Favre for so long they should have won far more than this and yeah I don't know how you can how you can explain this to your fan base and, and to your quarterback and get them excited like uh, yeah I don't it. know how when when the, the head coach and the front office had to call Rodgers and like obviously it's, see it's, it's crazy because obviously Nobody has to explain anything to him because he's he is just an employee. Like he is the quarterback, and he will do the job that he's told to do. However, it's not about explaining it to him. It's about it's about um, going through it afterwards. So beforehand, they need to go and tell him beforehand. This is this is what we are planning to do. Don't worry about it. I'm going to sort it out. Where I'm hoping that in the next few years' time, you won't we won't need him. We are hoping that you will be the guy taking us forward. But now they've had to call and explain like they're, like they're being told off. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> you know, we're not trying to upset you, mate. This is what's happening. What? Yeah. Is ha- it, it, it is just a mess. Because now he may, he'll feel even more entitled because they've had to call and explain themselves to him. He also has now, so if anyone ever questions him all season of why anything's happening, it, even if he is underperforming, it'll just be, Look what happened in the draft. Now, imagine this is never going to happen. And I know it's not. So let's just go with battle theory again. Imagine like 10 games in, the Packers aren't doing well. Probably, let's say they're not Super Bowl bound. Sorry, playoff bound. Does Jordan Love get a few games? <laughs> Listen, I mean, no. imagine if, if that happens. No. It, no. <laughs> crazy, it is a crazy setup. I have no yeah. idea how. How someone has set, like, called up, like, or let's say discussed this with the head, with her head coach and said, Listen, mate, we're going to take Jordan Love, you know. And he's gone, Come on, then, yeah. Don't need any more receivers. You don't need them, yeah. yeah. Don't need receivers. Don't need a safety. Don't need a linebacker. Don't need a defensive tackle. Yeah. Yeah, the first linebacker they took was round five, wasn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's bizarre. Five. Come on now. Yeah, it is. They're going to be a work. Yeah, hundred percent gonna be worse. They, they they weren't a truth thirteen and three team anyway. Like they, they they were far worse than their record. Um, and they've got worse. Like yeah, I think they'll do quite well to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think so too. 
All right, then, so that is pretty much all of our winners and losers, isn't it? So we'll wrap it up this yeah. week. Um, before we do go, um, don't forget to follow us on our social media. We've got footballfanatics underscore UK on Instagram. We've got ffanatics underscore UK on Twitter. And we have got our website now, which is www.footballfanatics.uk. Obviously, Tom is the editor. Big up to Tom. And, we are, and he is getting articles out there daily, hopefully, as, as soon as the writers produce them, and they are producing them at a, a, high, a high rate now. Yeah, um, it's good stuff coming through as well. Everyone check and, it uh, out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think um, I think uh, a few of them might have something to say about the, uh, your angle on the Patriots' lead for quarterback, so let's see what they think about that. <laughs> um, but before we do go, we are going to be running a giveaway uh, in the next few days with a signed um, Seahawks Marshall Lynch jersey. So keep your eye out on our social media and uh, we'll tell you how to win it. All right, guys, until next time. Thanks for listening. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.